Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast, everybody. Sorry we weren't here last week. Jones, we went to the movies instead. Um, George couldn't make it today, but we've got another, we've got a good guest on today. We've got Daryl Limpy with us. We're talking all, all things Tour de France, what's going to happen and who's going to win this year's Tour de France, what's been happening, what's the tactics been like. Talk about Daryl's experiences of the Tour de France, how he wore the yellow jersey and how he nearly missed time cut. It's a good episode. And now, now Daryl's a sellout just pushing his merch because yeah. he's lecker. Be lecker. Always be lecker. Like, share, subscribe. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Mm. Front kick. Just getting pulled in the chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment. I think we should... Will you Who shut is up, your man? Person? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love how just as just as you click the intro, Daryl's like, "What are you actually talking about?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, Smuggling. no, no chance to prepare. No, we don't That's know. That's what I make my best. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, yeah, for those who've been living under a rock, got a very, very special guest here, Bules. Very special guest. Ten years ago, from a life-changing moment. Is that like what do you mean? Ten. Yellow jersey, Bills. Oh, yeah. Was that 10 years ago? <laughs> what do we you mean? Have, we sh- what are you talking about? <laughs> we should actually introduce that Daryl. We've got Daryl Limpy on the show today for those who, are, who aren't watching, those who are listening. Daryl Limpy's here because George couldn't come because he's why, fucking useless. Why could he not come, actually? He's always oh. got, like, like, actually, a lot of the times it's like hard to pin down, but what is it actually is he doing? <laughs> I don't know. Sauna or something. He, he says he has a job as a bike rider, but we don't know. Could be Is he front. in the sauna? Yeah, he's in the yeah. sauna. No, he's training. He had a big ride or something, and then he had a meeting. But it's like Hoppers just... 3. It's like Hoppers 3. I also had a big ride. I had five hours today. Now, George did like 17 hours. Yeah. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> I put yeah. my hand up. I did fuck the group last week because we did lock in a time, and then I realized, hang on, I've already committed to gold class um, – the new Mission Impossible. And so I say, oh, can we push it a couple of hours? And that just, that screwed George. Nah, he had things on meetings and then there was just a shit show. Yeah, don't handball that one off to George. The reason no, we I, I put my hand up. up. That's what I said. Jones went to the movies. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said. <laughs> it's my fault. And the problem was, is like I'd seen the new Indiana Jones on the Friday and then I saw Mission Impossible on the Monday. And fucking hell, Hollywood are just getting lazy now in terms of what qualifies as a good action flick. I'll put, put that in the group. But the classic one is, what is it with an action flick where no one's ever got on a train, got their ticket, and it's just gone smooth? They're, whenever it comes to there's always a shit show on a train and someone doesn't have a ticket, they've got to get on the fucking train. They're either trying to catch a train with a horse and they've got to, like, jump onto the fucking train. When they get on the train, there's always a, a fight and they always end up on top of the train battling someone over something, like punching the shit out of each other because there's always obstacles. You know, there's always, yeah. like, the, oh, shit, we've got to duck down because it's fucking duck your head. You know, we're on a bloody train going 150 clicks an hour. But it's just, Hollywood just getting lazy. So I, I'm spewing. I actually missed the potty last week for Mission well, Impossible Holly- because it was the same. I'm getting real shit. lazy. They're all on strike. Everyone in Hollywood. Yeah, it's know. over. Yeah, no more. Well, movies. you're over in the states at the moment, Bills. That'd be all the news at the moment, wouldn't it? Yeah. Someone said to me the other day about it. I didn't know about it. I don't really watch. <laughs> I don't watch the news over here. <laughs> yeah. How's it been there? How's it been there on the show? Has it been fun? <laughs> it's been good. It's interesting. It's like it took me quite a while to find my feet. I'm still finding my feet probably actually. Just like it's just a crazy world. Like the first day I got here, I walked and I went there to NBC and just walked into this building and I was just like, how the fuck did I end up here? You know, like mm. it's just this massive operation. Did they and, tell you how to shave the beard off straight up? Because nah. that was the thing that freaked me out when I saw you on NBC was like clean shaven bills. I was like, was that when Homer Simpson had a shave, remember? <laughs> and he just had the clean face. It was just weird. Now, the reason I'm clean, relatively clean shaven is it's a, it was a mistake. So <clears throat> basically, we have to 
we get up at 3.30 every morning. So the, the day is up at 3, the alarm goes off at 3.30, in the studio at 4, work until 1 o'clock or something. And then and then that's, like, that's how the day works. So like I got up at 3.30 and I wanted to just trim my bed. I just needed to give it like a little bit of it, just keep it tidy, you know. Hmm. But I had the clip. I had the clipper, and I didn't have the like the plastic thing on properly. Oh right. Hmm. And it was three thirty in the morning. I didn't know, and I was fucking tired. And I went like, and I just wasn't even watching. And I like started like trimming the bottom of my neck, and I just took like I just clean shaved it. I was like, fuck, I can't go into the studio with speed strips on my neck. So uh. I just had to. Com- I just had to commit. I, I thought about going to moustache, but I was like, oh, I'll just have to go clean shaven. So, you, so the manscape it really gets close, eh? Yeah, it gets yeah, close really shave from the manscape. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. But well, no, it's, it's going all right. All takes starters. Finding my feet now, starting to relax a bit. I was pretty stiff. I won't lie. I was pretty stiff the first few days, just like nervous, I guess. I didn't really they know. Didn't fly it, business, it, they didn't fly your business class, did they? So that's why you were stiff. No, they flew me business. Oh, jeez. Ah, so you got no excuses. <laughs> no. But like just, you know, just like live TV and you you listen to this show and you see how loose-lipped we can be. And I had to like, it was actually moments where I was really close to this. Like I actually Nepal. got to a point where I got, I, I was talking about something and I didn't know how to replace the swear word. I was like, I haven't got it. Like if I don't say fuck right now, which I didn't do obviously because I was on live TV, I didn't know what to replace the word with and I got real confused. <laughs> but anyway, it's going but, all right. But, but like cycling's much like AFL football or any sport over here and that is every year there's a new batch of people ready to take your job and that is the freshly retired cats. Are you worried, you know, people like Impy are just scratching at the door waiting to hang up the boots, ready to take your gig? Him should be good at that. Good at this I job, think I he would. Well, that's why I brought it up. And that's why we got him on the show today. Like, oh, you guys, I got news to tell you. Guys, are actually lucky you got me today because after like Thursday, my social my social media profile is going to really go up because I've got a gig with uh, GCN on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So oh, yeah, nice. So I'm going to be in the studio. So you guys are actually lucky wow. because I'm actually I'm actually creeping in slowly. Fair I'm excited time. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Well, are you going to the do the breakaway show? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in studio. So that's cool. How'd you land yeah, that? Is that awesome. all the hard You'll yards on YouTube? Yeah, you, all the hard yards on YouTube, Jones, and then also just being lacquer, you know? Just a good mm. It's a, just another <laughs> angle to push your merch. That's it. <laughs> and if you're listening to the podcast, where can people get on? Because we always flog a, a shirt or a cap. On this show, how do they get this awesome merch? Mate, they've just got to go on Etsy, mate, and search the Oaks, and they'll yeah. find it. Oaks, it's O-K-E-S, not O-A-K-S. It's O-K-E-S, you know? It's the Oaks. Yeah. The Oaks means it's a bunch of Oaks, bunch of guys together. It's the boys. That's what the Oaks yeah, is nice. in South African. So that's why we go on the Oaks, and then Bilak is just like, be a good person, be cool, be fun. Yeah, that's it, simple. Anyway, let's talk about my merch and everything else. Let's talk about you guys, what we're here for, uh, because otherwise this looks like an advert, you know? I don't want to yeah, like... We don't care. We don't care, mate. We're shameless. Mate, our, our listeners are loyal. They, they are. put up with this shit. They're, yeah. they're, they're happy to sift through the weeds. We've always gone off each other, you know? We've always, like, um, I always felt there was a good synergy. Well, we were talking us. earlier, back to cycling, 10 years ago, Imps, since you mm-hmm. wore the yellow jersey at the Tour. How quick has that gone? Sure. Dude, it's like flown by. It's, uh, yeah, the other day, I mean, I said with my kids, I mean, Aiden was just born then and now he's 10. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's like a grown, he's nearly a, he's nearly like a real, real boy now, you know. Um, mm. So, yeah, a lot's happened, but um you only realize the like the significance of it like now, you know, when you when you're older and you realize like how difficult it was to achieve. And when you're watching the tour now at home and you're seeing guys wear the yellow jersey, then you like you're really proud, you know, because that's like that was you, you know, even if it's for a day or two days or whatever, it's uh you know, a huge, huge moment. But it's yeah, you know, I, I like I look now at like 
everything that's happened in between that. And it just feels like life's just been in fast forward for the last 10 years. Mm. It's funny, like, I remember the moment, like, back then, and there was always the cliche, like, oh, it's a life-changing moment. You say it in the moment because that's what people expect you to say. But as you said, it's only now, a decade on, where it hits you, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you you, you realise, uh, because it's been 10 years, 10 years has gone by and you've done so many Tour de France's in between that, that you actually realise, like, you never, ever had the chance ever to even come close to the yellow jersey again. And now you've, you know, and now well, obviously I'm not going to see the yellow jersey ever again because I won't be riding it ever again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, that you, you at that point you don't think like maybe this is the last time, but you know it's a moment where it could be the last time. That's the difference. Like you win a stage, you, you also feel that feeling. But you know, like a stage can be is e- easier to get than get the yellow jersey. So, like when you have the yellow, you kind of know, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was like that time I flew in a private jet with Lance Armstrong to South Africa. That was also I knew I'm never going to fly the PJ. Why are you doing that again, mate? I won't be doing that again, <laughs> in South Africa, and just um, living the life. You know, so it's like a once in a moment opportunity. You never know. You might you might take the world by storm on the GCN Breakaway Show over this long weekend and end up being well, like a, a like a media superstar. Well, I didn't book a flight. I didn't book a flight. I didn't book a flight oh. home because I was I was kind of like thinking I'd have so many offers by the time I left that probably a private jet is a possibility. It's going to be good to see you on the Breakaway. You'll be good on there. Fucking oath. I think it'll be good. I, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Who are you going to be on it's it with? It's a nice crew as well. It's a good crew there. So Who, who's on it? Uh, it'll be Orla, Dan, and uh, and Robbie because Blathy's going to be at the race. So oh, he's on the motorbike. He's on the uh, motorbike. Do you think Robbie will pull the nostalgic shit where he goes? You know, I remember Daryl back in 2012. Or they'll just talk about the race. I think I think they'll talk about the race. I think we've got to be a bit more relevant to reminiscing about the old days. You know, good point. Yeah, Fuels it's going to be quite hard for me to not to like. It's going to be quite the challenge that I'm going to have is probably just because I'm still racing in the peloton to like mm. have a go at someone like what is he doing? But it'd be quite nah, funny. That, you, you you'll be all right with that because uh, that was like a little bit my fear as well with doing this this stuff with NBC was that I'm still working in cycling and like there's going to be moments like where you have to talk about Israel Premier Tech was, for example or even just talk about your friends and it's it's actually it's you'll be fine with that because you've got an emotional intelligence if you have emotional intelligence you can you'll be able to do it without a problem because you're not going to say oh that guy's a fuckhead you know even though like you might want to there's you, probably a few I would like, like to say something <laughs> yeah. about but also, Maybe like, the, the number the one thing, the one <laughs> thing that I learned is that, like, and it will be the same with you and with Orla, who obviously leads it. We've got this guy, Paul Burmeister. He, he's he's a bit of a, like, legend in the NBC sports world. He hosts quite a lot of shows, NFL, um, Premier League football, and he, he's the host of the Tour de France show that we, me and Brent are doing. And, like, the one thing you learn real quickly is that the, the lead host will never, ever throw you under the bus. And yeah. like, and Orla will never ever throw a question at you that she knows is going to put you in a shit situation. And that's the same with Paul here. He would never ever ask a question to me or Brent that he knows is going to put us in a shit situation. Like yeah, they, sure. they lead you down. Oh, hey, Orla can be a smartass. I get fired up. Though. I got fired up with the motorbike thing the other day on live. No, it's annoying. Like it's annoying, but it's like, and this is not their first radio either. The Tour de France. It's like. I mean, oh, you know yeah. the calm's hectic. You go put a bonus sprint there, and then you've got to fight three yeah. people. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a cock up. Yeah. Mm. The thing I bet is, you're, um, I bet you. I was going to say it there. Obviously, you wanted you wanted to go to the Tour de France this year, but like, I bet you're kind of glad you're not there when you watch that fucking race. Oh, no. there were some days. That other day when I knew it was going to go from the start, the day after the rest day. I could just tell the stage, I was like, oh, this is one of those days. And then I like came back from training and they, they were still going at it. And then I like get a shower and lunch, a little bit of food. They were still going at it. I thought, oh, I'm glad I'm not there. Like I could see who was dropped and I knew which group I would be in. And I was be like, oh, that group is not going to be a lot of fun in today. Like you dropped, 
So you theoretically your brain to race and to hurt is off, but you still need to keep pushing because you're like, you're the time cut. So you're actually hurting for nothing. Whereas like when you're in the race, you're still like hanging onto the front guys and you're thinking I'm still in the race. But then when you're like out the arse right from the beginning, you're like you're racing just to like stay in the race. And that's like even worse. It's it's just been like crazy. And then a couple of days or the, the day after when um, they finished on, uh, what stage was it actually? Was when, um, maybe it was Grand Colombier, I think. No, because that was quite flat that stage, wasn't it? No, it wasn't that stage. It was, um, I can't remember now, t- like t- two days after the rest day, first rest day. And there was a big breakaway up the road and Woodsy was in it. But they never got more than like on th- more than 30 seconds because oh. Yumbo just rode fucking full gas. Their plan was just like, we're going to ride full gas all day. Like, even if you're in the bunch, then you're just like, you're just suffering and you're just suffering for as long as yeah. until you get dropped. You know, you're getting dropped. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, you're suffering like a dog, but then like you actually think of the tactics of these teams. And I'm going like, mm. none of them are, not, all of them are like just, they're taking turns to be offensive. And they're actually not creating situations. They're just going, oh, today's the day. I'm going to show you that I, I'm, I'm not going to give up. Or I'm, the, I'm going to put my, like, cock down on the block and I'm going to go for it today. But then, like, actually what they're doing is they're just cancelling each other out. One team does a massive day and the next day the other team does the massive day. So they're just basically sharing the load to where they are. I don't see, like, yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen, like, the other day when today jumped across to Adam Yates there in the end. I thought, this is actually a moment for, like, them to rethink the race a little bit and let Adam get 30 seconds, let him come closer to Vinga go, and eventually in the last week they can play. And said today brought him across and then the whole day was just for, for nothing. Like Adam yeah. rode them off and then today actually closed the gap. And I was like, oh, I don't get this. Like, wouldn't you want Adam to slowly start getting even closer to Vinga go so that they can play a two cards versus one? Yeah. What you just said then over the last one minute is – Live TV gold. That's what they want. What you yeah. just did then. That's what you got to do. That's what. That's yeah, all you're laughing, want, mate. You're laughing. They just want people. They just want you to have an opinion, and you what they like. That's the same here. What I've learned as well is like they want you to have an opinion, and it doesn't have to be right or it doesn't have to be wrong. No one knows what's right and wrong in cycling. Make a stand. Anyway. But you just got to have your opinion, and you got to give context as to why you think that. You nailed it. You're on. You're yeah. in. And but the you're right. Thing is, you, you've like, already yeah, got chemistry I, with Robbie McEwen. So if he says something that you don't agree with, you can rip him a new asshole. And they'll love that. There'll be a lot. Need, yeah. Just kick him in the Jats crackers. <laughs> you got a job for life. But it, it's tr- it's true though, eh? Like that state, like the tactics have been the tactics of the yeah. Tour de France are crazy. Like they're trying to they can't crack each other. And they they so they need to start thinking outside the box now. And be a little bit more adaptive, adaptive to their tactics. And I agree with you. It's like that the other day, yesterday, when Yatesy rode away, they should have Fogacha should have just let Yatesy take as much time as possible from Vingago and put him back in the game and play yeah. that play that card this week. And even to ride, even road. to ride hard all day, it, like we've noticed already two weeks that the the, the, the they, there's no cracks between the two of them. There's no real sign of like oh he's really struggling. So it's like they just kind of riding hard but there's no luck there's no option to create another thing because they're riding so hard no one can attack but i mean just they're both doing the same tactic and i just don't see why they wouldn't play like let a group go up the road uh, let the race go out of control like you can make a race hard by making it out of control too but when they're just so mm. strong they're controlling and they're stopping all the guards attacking like nobody wants to play anymore everyone's just like okay well tomorrow's another day it's like yeah they need to then like I guess the time trial is going to be the <clears throat> it's going to answer some questions potentially, but at the same time, like it's very likely that those two guys finish within a few seconds of each other in the time trial tomorrow, and then it's just nothing changes again, and unless somebody has a bad day tomorrow and they get exposed and lose forty seconds to the other person, then the, these the teams those two teams they they need to get inventive in the in the tactics for for this week because at a certain point. Like Pagacha, Pagacha also knows that like if he stays at ten seconds, he he probably doesn't need to drop Vingago to win the Tour de France. Like no, he just sprint. he just needs to win one bonus sprint on on Wednesday on uh, or on Cote d'Ivoire. Oh, Wednesday, 
won that bonus sprint, won the stage, and then you're already, and you're already there. If, if the time if the time stays the same after the time trial, so you got to, It's it's going to be a good. It's been a fucking good race to watch, though. I must say. Yeah. Mm. Now Wednesday's going to be reckon, Wednesday's going to be the big day. I can't yeah. wait till fucking Remco pulls his thumb out and starts racing the tour. Like throw another one in the mix. Like I, I love to having the ding dong battle between these two, but there's an element of like, come on, let's all let's all settle up, let's go. Because yeah. they did a comparison the other day of Remco and today, and like they're pretty similar age, but today's put his hat in the ring and said, "Yeah, I'm riding the tour." Where it's almost like, what the fuck are you right waiting for, Remco? Let's go, let's fucking let's do it. I reckon he wants to get a couple of Grand Tours victories in his belt before he goes toe-to-toe with those guys because he knows he can go to the Giro and the Vuelta and win yeah get a couple of wins on the board and then go to the tour yeah it'd well, be the other, the other... was there though because he's because he's aggressive he uh, he races aggressively mm. <clears throat> it, 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 he, he would bring a new dynamic to this group these two guys I reckon and he he's mm. actually the kind of guy who at least in the first week or the first half of the race he has the ability to take time from those guys because he's he's so aggressive and he's so explosive. Like he can actually, he's a little bit more like Pagacha than he is Vingigo. Mm. But he he's, but then like I think he's still, yeah. I don't know. I mean, fuck, Pagacha's young as well. Like if he could race like that for the whole race, the whole Tour de France, and still win it, or he'd blow up eventually. But I think Vingigo's more calculated. But I think Pagacha yeah. and Remco race more with the balls. You know, they like. Yeah. They yeah, get them good for TV. They, they want to show it. They give it some carry, and then they go for it. But like, you've got like, yeah, you. you it's funny because these guys know they can. It's funny because they do these efforts, and you think, well, he'll never come back. But then they like do come back. It's like yeah. amazing to see how quick these guys can recover day after day. But yeah, it's it'll be well, good Remco to. Have, and- I think I think Remco will be the next year. I, I, I really reckon yeah, he'll be the next year. Mm-hmm. He'll go. He'll go and try win the Volta again. Obviously, this year I think the big thing was the World Championships, where he probably wanted to go and defend his World Championship title. So he probably didn't want to do the tour before. Uh, mm. Before it's that. earlier, yeah, yeah. So because that's two weeks after the tour now, so that shakes it mm. up a fair bit. So I'm mm. pretty sure Remco probably said, "Let me let me focus on the worlds and then go Walter." Well, It'd if you're be, a quick um, step, you'd be like, "You better fucking win it then." If you're going to go all chips in, mate, no pressure, but. I reckon if you quick step now, you're shitting yourself. Remco's going to leave, so you just let him do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, that's true. Because that's definitely there's definitely people teams trying to trying to nibble at getting Remco. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I've been surprised by um, Rodriguez, eh? As well. Good. Oh, uh, he's good. been real good. He's solid, yeah. man. Man, yeah, I like when solid. I see these guys shooting on the downhills like that. I'm just like. Okay. Oh, this is like it was going. like people don't understand the risks that guy is taking to win the stage. Like I know you get in that mindset and you just think she's like, oh, just willing to to crash for it and go, go for it. But when they're on that limit, eh, on the edge of the road, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. But it's also yeah, I wasn't I wasn't lie, I was kind of waiting for something to go wrong, and I was really happy nothing did. But geez, some, I, I would hate to be a GC guy and have to race day after day. Not only up hills, but down these hills. <clears throat> the way these guys go, do you say no? It's just nuts. It was actually quite, in some ways, like it was, like if you're just talking purely about safety, is the, that Remco and uh, Remco, Pagacha and Vingigo were together over the top of that that climb the other day when Rodriguez won the stage. Imagine if it was like five seconds at the top or ten seconds at the top, then they just both got to go like. Like madmen down that descent to try to keep the gap. Like so, the fact that they were together was like it was at least safer for those guys. Rodriguez was still going for it. But for me, it looks like Vingigo is pretty shut. He's 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 pushing so hard to stay with Pugacha. Like he's you saw him cock up a few corners. He's so hard on the wheel. There's so so little room for error. Like the other day, he was he was nearly sideways there, and it was just because I think he's honestly he feels like if Pugacha gets five meters on him, he doesn't know if he'll be able to like close him on the downhill. So he's just so hard on him that it's like, yeah, well, I kind of you think you a, should kind of relax a little bit, you know? You need a little bit of space when you're going downhill, eh? 
Yeah, for sure. But he, he's fast, I reckon, Vingago. I reckon he's a good descender. Oh, these know. guys are the best bike riders. They, well, for sure, geez, if they can ride uphill and go downhill like they are, they're, they're the best bike riders in the world. I mean, you, yeah. you don't win the Tour de France by not being able to ride your bike downhill, you know? And like, also miss all the other carnage that goes along the way before, you know, fighting in the front, all that. So, yeah. Oh. We've uh, seen it hasn't been a bad tour actually. It's been actually a good tour good. in terms of like not okay, apart from the other days, a few big bingles, but nothing like I know they stopped the race, but actually wasn't like too many guys who went home there. It wasn't like the mass pileups we've had before and like fifteen guys have gone home. Mm. And that was just that was just a a wet road. And then obviously yesterday because the guy put his camera tried to take a fucking selfie of Sit Coos, dropped the whole Peloton. Oh. But I reckon that I reckon the there's definitely been less crashes. Okay, the last couple of days have been quite, you know, there's been quite a few. But essentially, there's been less crashes this year's Tour de France and there's been less of those big pileups that we used to seeing at the Tour de France that, you know, you've been victim of before as well, Daryl, and me as well. But they, um, I reckon the reason is because the first week was so hard. There was no there was no sprints. Like, because they went straight into the to those stages in the Basque Country, there's only the whole peloton's not racing those days. Like the sprint teams aren't racing like they would be if there's a sprint stage the first day where you've got the whole peloton trying to be positioned. Everyone's fucking nervous. The GC teams are trying to be at the front. The sprint teams are trying to be at the front, and everyone's fresh. And that's when those big crashes happen. But because the first week was so hard, I think I think that's been a, played a big part in why there's been less crashes as well. And it's been a better race to watch. Yeah, I reckon. Not like no, you don't want guys going home for crashes. It's terrible when guys are just going home for crashing and. Like, well, the big talking point in Australia is like um, Caleb Ewan abandoned. He wasn't going to make the time cut or whatever, and he just hopped off the bike. But it was the reaction of the team owner where they interviewed him and he said, ah, oh, no, nah, really disappointing. Um, it's not just physical, it's mental and that as well. Mm. And Caleb's manager, back has got involved and said, you know, it's bloody disrespectful that you're going out and calling that out, you know, after the finish or whatever. What what's your take, Bills? Like, if you were the team manager, obviously he's on a big contract, and you're asked a direct question, you know, how do you feel about Caleb withdrawing? Well, it's a bit you of just, a balance, isn't it? No, you just say it's it's an in-house discussion. It's not yeah. for the pub. It's not for the public. There's a discussion that, that's going to be had, and it's going to be between me and it's going to be between Caleb. It's not going to be yeah. on. It's not for the public to know. Like yeah. you, like you, no matter. I don't. I'm not even going to go into this into it because I don't know the situation. But like the the reality is, if you're disappointed in a rider for and not just not just talking an isolated incident of Caleb, I'm talking in general. If you think a rider's underperformed or you know they've withdrawn from a race for whatever reason, and you're pissed off, you just speak you speak privately to the rider about it. Wouldn't you that be a red flag to public. a rider thinking about going to that team if the team openly diss another rider like wouldn't you be going oh fuck if that's how they treat other riders i'm i'm not sure well there could be two things at play he could be leaving and they know it or he's you know and now they're just thinking well now's the time to lay something into him or yeah, yeah i mean but if people who know caleb personally would know he's just as disappointed to go home trust me he's, yeah. he's not a guy yeah. who goes for the big he lives for the big moments he lives to win on the champs elysees he Trust me, all the other years that he struggled to get through the Tour de France to make it to the Champs-Élysées to be one of the guys to win there, that's his goal. Like, whether or not he could make it this year or not, the level has risen. And if you have a bad day in the Tour, that's the thing that guys don't understand. You could just be on the worst day ever on the wrong day. You know, mm. like, sometimes you have your worst day and it's a flat day and you can still hide in the peloton. You get to the end and go, shit, I was actually on the limit just to stay on the wheel on the flats today. Thank goodness I was on a hilly day. Mm. So, like... If you have that day on one of the hardest days, one of the hardest starts, there's just no coming back. I mean, you've seen Luke Rowe, guys like that, that have ridden the Tour de France on the front, controlled mm. the race from start to finish for Sky, Ineos or whatever. And then last year, he had one bad day and he was home. And it was like almost a shock because it was like, oh, how did he get sent home? It's just having the wrong wrong legs on the wrong day. You know, you cock up your nutrition, you under, you, you don't hydrate enough the day before or whatever, and you just have a bad day. You can be home. That's the that's the level of the Tour de France, though. Like mm. there's no there's mm. no room for error, you know. And that's that's what I think a lot of guys forget. Managers forget, and you know they say, oh, you should just harden up. You should get through it. But it's more. Yeah. Than... Well, you should. They're soft pricks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you tell him to keep. You'd say keep riding, mate. Just 
you know, Heyman would say, always keep riding, you know. That's it. Have you ever been close to a time cut at a Grandy? Mate, my first first, uh, Tour de France, 2012, I was out there on the Tourmalet with Cav, Farah. Peter Weening was the surprise. He was with me. The window. And and Bernie Eisel. And I remember Cav actually got like a bit sick on himself up the climb. He was pushing so hard. Then on the downhill, I remember telling Farah and them to like slow down because I knew if I lost the wheel. McEwen is giving bottles out on the climb because he he was it was the first year that he was he had retired or whatever and he was giving us bottles and I remember saying I oh, just keep pushing on mate keep pushing on I was I could barely grab the bottle did the downhill and that got into the valley and I couldn't chop through with Bernie and they might shut myself on the downhill already because they were going so fast I was sprinted the whole way down the downhill just to stand the wheel and the valley Bernie was giving me shit not for pulling through I said man I'm trying to get to the finish line today I don't care how much you shout at me but I I'm in like crisis mode here. We caught the bunch, uh, the Gruppetta, and then I remember Cookie just like giving me jowls and whatever. We were climbing up the last climb, and the team was saying, like, guys were like, oh, worrying about time cut and whatever. And I was in such crisis mode that I just told everyone, guys, we got it. We're all good. I just spoke to the manager. We got heaps of time. <laughs> heaps of time. Like, nice. I didn't know the climb gap. I knew shit. I just said, yeah, guys. So then we hit the top of the climb. We started descending. We we're coming to the end there. Man, I only started to think, shit, I've been telling these 30 guys, yeah, like, we're all good. No, well, we're all good. And man, we came around the corner and I saw the time board. It was like 600 meters to go. And it was like one minute 33 to make it. And I was like, see, guys, we got heaps of time. <laughs> yeah. we, were, like, we made it by like 35 seconds or something. Man, I got into the team bus. I still had my helmet on. They were like, are oh, you going to shower in there? No, I just had my protein shake. I, I was just like spilling all like protein shake down my chest. I was so tickets. I didn't shower, whatever. The bus moved on and like, I still like after like 15 minutes, still had my helmet on. I was I was like just in a world of hurt, man. And like I pushed through the next day. Next day I was fine. Next day I was like yeah. climbing with the front group of like 70, you know. But that yeah, day yeah. out the ass from the start, man. Like oh. I made like, it at the Giro yeah. 20 stage 16 of the 2016 Giro. I made the time cut by six seconds. Oof. And I I because I, I, I just came out of the rest day real bad and it was a sh- real short stage, it was like 105k or something. And we went like in this valley for 20k at like fucking warp speed, and then we just went up the first up the first climb, and I got dropped. I was first guy dropped with the, I was dropped with Trentine actually, and uh, I was just like taking sticky bottles, and like I said to Matteo, I was like, "Sorry, man, I'm I've got to do." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry." And then like went up the got to the top of the climb, it was just me and Trentine, and we're in his area, we're on his training road. So he's like, "We'll be right." I know this descent real well, so I was just on the fucking limit trying to follow Matteo down this descent. We got back to the Gruppetto in the next valley but then like the time cut because it was the shape the stage was so short the time cut was like uh, 18 minutes or something you know like real a real small time cut so even the Gruppetto was kind of like fuck we're going to be close so I swap off in the valley but I was like oh, at least I'm in the Gruppetto now I'll be fine and then we finished on this 10k climb and we started the climb and it was like they had to like push pretty hard on the climb to make the time cut the Gruppetto but I was fucking suffering so I just straight away dropped. And I remember Julian Dean was a sports director there. He was following me. He was on the car. He's like, Bills, you've got to stay with the Gruppetto, mate. If you get dropped from Gruppetto, you're going home. I was like, I fucking can't. And I, I, I physically couldn't stay with the Gruppetto. I did this whole climb with just me. I was last on the road with Carlos Betancourt. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he was doing there. He won Perry Nice once. <laughs> and he was like with me. And we're, we're like going the last climb. And Jules was like, you've got to go, mate. You've got to go as fucking hard as you can. Me and Carlin Spedoncourt were the last two on the road. We were sprinting out of the seat, like full sprint down the home straight, like almost bike throw. <laughs> like made it by yeah. six seconds. I was like, oh. And then the next day, same thing. I, I, I was like pulling. Chavez had got the jersey and I was riding like pulling on the front on the climbs with like 35 riders there from the peloton. It's fucking it's, weird. It's, it's just a rest. It's just a rest day, man. You're like – yeah. If you don't spend enough like carbs or and you overeat and you just get heavy and you just get big, like just swollen and you just God, you just go nowhere the next I, day. I remember that Grandy. Remember um Albacini when he had the problem with his liver or whatever, and he put on like six kilo throughout the race, and then they worked out that he had a problem flushing the fluids. I bet you have come out of some rest days pretty bad and pretty bad, Nick Jonesy. Oh, big time. <laughs> Yeah, You've come time. out of Alduez in pretty good shape though sometimes. Yeah, didn't, yeah, you, didn't yeah. you wake that up on a rest day in a car park or something? <laughs> yeah, so what happened is like we, it was the day the day I posted the Alduez music video. That was 2013. That was 10 yeah. years ago. And I finally finished it at like 
don't know, eleven thirty, mid like almost midnight. And I remember Nikki and Andy Gerrans were going out to a nightclub, and I was cooked. I was like ready for bed, and they go, "Hey, come on, Jonesy." You know what Strobel was like back then. Oh, you weak bastard. Come on, have a drink. Yeah, okay. We went to this nightclub. I didn't really have that much, but it was at altitude. So I reckon I had like, you know, five or six drinks or whatever. Last thing I remember is leaving the nightclub with Andy Garens and he goes, all right, we go right. And I go, no, 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 I've got a shortcut. Go this way. And we split. And I remember waking up at 7.30 in the morning just looking at this grill of like this Ford fucking or like a Range Rover, I was in a car park three levels down, like laying up against a brick wall. And I looked at me watch and it was like quarter to eight. The bus was leaving at like quarter past eight and shit myself. And I was 2K from the hotel. I remember just lead footing it, running back, finally got the hotel dripping in sweat. And there was Miha out the front. I remember just, I was checking my pockets. I couldn't find my phone. And I run in and he just pissed himself laughing. He goes, what are you doing? I go, have you sent me phone? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. And then Steve, I was looking for me. It was fucking chaos. And we finally got my phone off some Frenchman who found it out in the middle of the road. But, mate, I was like fucking so close to missing the bus. And Who were you afraid of most? Were you afraid of Steve most or just missing the bus? Well, it was a year where, remember we did Steve the Steve would just look at you with disappointment. Yeah, he wasn't angry, he was disappointed. And like, that was enough. All right, Dan? Big night, yeah. Dan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah. But I got a few runs on the ball that year because we did the ACDC video. You got had the yellow jersey. All the content was fine. That was the back end of the race where, like, remember it was like those days. It was like, all right, job done. We had a great start at the tour. Anything at the back end's a bonus. And so, yeah, no, it was fine. I didn't, I didn't lose my gear or anything like that, so I got away with it. But fucking hell, you look look back now though, like stuff you did ten years ago to now mature adult, you just go. Oh, remember, fuck. remember at the Worlds in Richmond, we were both we were all there, all three oh. of us were there, and you woke up in the next to the ice machine at the wrong hotel. Mate, we got our drinks spiked. There's a few of us out that night. That's no I've shit. I've got that excuse with my wife too. I oh, know. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 mate. Last night, Jeez, I think. The I can tell you now, there was a group of us that went out and. We had two beers, and the last thing you remember is this guy walking in this bar, and it was like someone had a 21st on. This guy walks in, he's like fucking, you know, thought he was King Dick, and he had three young blokes with him or whatever, and we're just at the bar, and he heard the accent. He goes, ah, oh, where you guys from? We are, we're Australian. He goes, ah, oh, Aussies. Goes, what do you do, mate? He goes, oh, I'm a doctor. And then he goes, oh, let me get you a round of drinks. Everyone that had a drink that from his round, that's it. Lights out after that. So you can't tell me we didn't have a fucking drink spike. And no one can remember getting back to the hotel. But, yeah, we were staying at the Western, and I woke up at the best Western, face first, <laughs> next to the ice machine. I think there was a few carrot chunks around me, but it was like 400 metres from the Western Hotel. Why does, carrots, else, why does carrots and peas always come out? Even if you have a pea, it's like, like peas, like you might have eaten the pea like six years ago. Like the like <laughs> surface is somehow the peas come out in the carrots. <laughs> That's it. Uh, fucking hell so I don't know what that guy was thinking like you know why would you spike a drunk spike a drunk spike a drink well he did spike a drunk um, for shits and giggles but every oh, every man. person that was out that night fucking gone oh, that's funny eh? good times <sighs> fucking good times who's your so prediction you... who's going to win the pog or vinegar man, you know, what, you know just... it's been annoying you know it's been annoying in the two A's like not annoying but it's just the arrogance of the two teams Thinking it's just a two-horse race. Yeah, that's yeah. been a bit annoying for me. Like that's been actually pissing me off a bit because like they were like Jai Hindley, like they let him get the jersey, and I was I, I was I was disappointed not in Jai but for Jai that it, like it hasn't really gone his way, and he crashed the other day. Where I think he could have like if he didn't crash, mm. he might have hung on a lot longer, and maybe the podium still would have been in reach. But mm. like yeah, just the just the like little bit of the arrogance of the teams where they like it's just between the two of us. Mm. I'm like. Silently, just hoping like someone comes. Like, well, that's why I wanted Remco to ride it. Like yeah, throw like, another hat in the ring. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if they change the strategy a bit and like you get an Adam Yates just like all of a sudden going let off the leash, go in the break, go put them under the pump, get two minutes one day, has a good time trial. Oh shit! And so then the two of them mark each other out because they're so used to marking each other out that we see him slip away. That'd be cool. Be cool to see Yates. Yeah. 
I, I reckon but, at the very worst, Yates is going to finish third. Yeah. And like if, if UAE, they, they did make a bit of a mistake the other day, even if it was only going to be 20 or 30 seconds that Yates he could have got yesterday if, if Pog let him go. They should have done that, bring him a little bit closer. Mm. And if they use him right, like they can put Yumbo under pressure. And okay. it, it could go it could go in Yates' favor where all of a sudden he's like, he's right in the game, you know? For sure. Be- and I, but I think at the moment, like, they can't, like, they're so even, Jonas and today, they're so even mm-hmm. that actually you can see it. They both make an effort. They put the gap in each other and they just, and they go the same speed. There's just mm-hmm. no luck because they are going so hard that you can only go as hard as you can go. There's like no harder than hard. It's not like, oh shit, yeah. I'm going to give another 10, you know, I'm going to give another 10 minutes. Like, it's just like they get to a point where it's just like humanly they're at the same level. So I yeah. think they need to actually realize like that's the game and then go, okay, well, then maybe we need to play it smarter now because Sepkus has lost time. So he, the, the thing with UAE is they need to actually drop a guy like Sepkus, isolate Vingigo which they're actually quite mm. good at doing at the moment, and then play the game a bit. Like, they yeah. have to. They, like you say, like if unless one of them has a bad day, there's, there's just no separation physically between those two. So it's just, it's who plays the best strategy, who plays the best card. Yeah. And that's all it's going to come down to. And fuck, I don't know. I, 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 I said at the start of the tour, so we like basically, this is another thing, maybe GCN's a little bit different, but another thing I learned with NBC is that we have to be like, we've got to be, Make some calls, like decisions. Who's going to win the Tour de France? At least, like we don't know. We don't balls on the ball. line. No one, no, no one's asking us to like have a crystal ball. But like, eventually, people want to know. People who are watching TV, they want to know who the analysts think is going to win. So you have to say someone. And um, I said, Ving, I said, Vingo is going to win the Tour de France before the start of it. Um, and at the moment, I still feel that way. I still, I think he's going to win. Pagacha's on a mission and he's getting better and he's fuck, you can't separate them but I don't know there's just something about finger goes like for me Pagacha is the best bike rider in the world he's the best bike rider we've seen in generations but finger goes is just a pure grand tour rider you know finger is not going to go and win Liege best on Liege or Flanders and all these sorts of races like Pagacha is but when it comes to just a grand tour there's just something about him I reckon he's like he's He's the epitome of a of a Grand Tour rider, and I think he, I think he's going to take time out of go uh, out of Pogacar in a time trial tomorrow. I, th- I think uh, I think Sepkus is going to save Vingegaard's race. That's what I think. He's fucking going, eh? Sep's like just he's just so reliable, man. He's just so reliable. Play if if they lose Sep for some reason, then I reckon the game's open. But the minute that Sep's still there at Vingegaard's side, it's very hard to it's going to be very hard to do anything. Mm. And like I, I actually like, I would quite like Pagacha to win, but at the same time, I actually don't really care who wins out of those two. But there's like a sort of a, I guess like the the sentimental side of me for some reason is, I kind of want Pagacha to win. I don't know why, but I quite like Jonas as well. I don't really care. I just want to see like a, I just want to see the the race continue like going toe to toe, and I want to see a team just come up with some strategy that's just fucking mind blowing. Well, look, they both deserve it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's not like one deserves it more than the other. They've been close the whole race, so now it's like real mano mano this last last week. But I think you're going to have today have his day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I reckon um, the, Pog, the Pog's going to win it. Poggog. Yep. Yeah, it could. He could well. Like that's the thing. It's like who's going to win the Tour de France? Mate, if I knew that, I'd be a billionaire, you know? Mm. Fucking, like, I don't know. One of them. Put it that way. Mm. But um, who do you reckon is going to win the green jersey? You reckon Van Aert's still in the game? or No. <laughs> He's, is he going to win a stage this year? There's, yeah, I was going to say, what's going on? No, I reckon I reckon Philipson's going to win it. I think he's got yeah, for sure. He's got uh, stage 18, 19, and then 21. So... Mm. He's going to win it easy. He's flying, eh? How's going, eh? Four stages. Ooh. I mean, that's Impressive, the last man. time guys did four stages was like caviars, you know? Yeah. And Kittle. Kittle, Kittle did it once. Yeah. I mean. But geez. yeah, Cav, it was Kyle Cav. He is impressive, eh? Man, like, I'm surprised how like how much 
faster he is than the other guys. Like he's yeah. had a good team around him as well. But like, yeah, but I to be that, that level sprint, with that I, pop, he's, he's got that sprinting pop. Where once he I turns, thought the sprint field would be a little bit more even. Like I thought, mm. like you know, there'd be a few sprinters that would never win. But fuck, Phillipson's just been ripping it. Yeah. Looks like so you're when are you going team. to when are you going to Bath? Are you going to Bath? Is that where the GCN is? No, it's in Heathrow. I'm flying to Heathrow. Oh, really? And it's pretty close to Heathrow, so. Oh, it's a Eurosport studio. Yeah, it's been... right next to Heathrow. I was, was going to say, boys, the old team Green Edge look like they're going to get donuts this year. Stages. Well, they've had a good. They've had a good race. I mean, they haven't had a bad race. Let's be honest. Like, no. they've been there. I think it's just. The depth is so like the race has just been ridden between the guys who have won these stages. Really, there was one breakaway day, two breakaway days, one where Woodsy won, mm. and the other one was where Pale Bill Bow won. Really, and the rest have just mm. been like. But this is the thing about the tour: general. it's like no one yeah. remembers the second places. You you either win, and that's what people remember as a good race. Like Caleb's boss, like he what he ran second at least once this year. Yeah. Third and second, yeah. Yeah. Yatesy ran second and Grunewagen's run second. But if you don't win a stage, people walk away going, whoa. Bad tour. It's a bad tour. Disappointing. But it is. It, it is, though. Like, if you don't, you know, like, if you don't win a stage, it, 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 if, if you're a team of, of the level that Jayco is, that, that's yeah. more than capable of winning stages with multiple riders that are there. If they don't win a stage, it is a disappointment. Like, and yeah, sure. I don't think I'm going to get shot for saying that. Like, yeah. they want to win a stage and they want to do a good GC. But, like, I, I, I still don't think, I still think they have a very good chance of winning a stage. It's still a week yeah, to go. Yeah. Gronowigan can win for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yates, he can win as well. Like, yeah, he's, he's, so. he's, he's yeah. what's he like, eight minutes or nine minutes done? He's yeah, definitely got a way yeah. in there to, to play a game. You know, he might even yeah. go in one of those breaks on stage. You know, stage uh, seventeen or twenty. You know, where he goes up the road and he has his chance um, because sure. they're not worried about him, uh, for sure. Mm. I mean, they're not in a bad position to 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 go for those kinds of wins and leapfrog a little bit, maybe to the top five. You know, in the GC, mm. which is still a massive result. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've done many tours with Green Edge where we got nothing. You know, and twenty twelve when you talk about your I mean, first we had tour. the white jersey, but even though we won the white jersey twice those years, we never won stages, and it yeah. was always like. We won the white jersey, but it's not a stage, you know. So it's yeah. like you gotta, you gotta have. It's nice to have a stage for sure because you feel like you've you've stood on that podium and you've done something. But I think guys are very quick and harsh to say like that a bad tour, you know. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a bad tour. It's more like yeah, you haven't you haven't got what you wanted out of it. Yeah. But you know, like when I look at teams that've had a bad tour, like you go Total Energies, they've had a bad tour. Like yeah, okay, Samzik, they've had a they've had a bad tour. Like they haven't done anything. Like they're getting the moves, but you know that's 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 a bad tour. Yeah, um, yeah, that's like for sure. Like JK, like you say, Jonesy, they they've had a good tour. They just haven't mm-hmm. won a stage yet, and but they want to win a stage, and they're capable of winning stage. So even though if they finish the tour, if it goes on like this and it finishes this way, then you'll say, yeah, they had a good tour, but damn it, they didn't win a stage. They wanted to, and they're capable of doing it. But also, like you say as well, Daryl, it's fucking hard to win stages in this tour because these two heavyweights are just going toe to toe every day. Also, like you've got to remember, like so the team like Jaco is like quite split. Mm. You know, you've got like the sprinter teams, they've got like Philipson's got a full squad for the sprints. Yeah. Pog's got a full team for the climbs. Like Trentin's getting used to riding in the wind. He's not even going for a sprint. So like and then when you come to the pointy end of the race there in the final, You've got Meza and maybe Renders or whatever looking after Grunewald, and it's three guys that are capable of doing a good job. But at this level, you actually need you need number five and six and four mm. and two to help. And when those guys are getting used as well for like the climbing days, when the team gets spread thin, it's always it's always a bit of more luck in the final positioning. Like I, I believe Meza has been doing a great job for Grunewald and put him in the right place, but it's just, yeah. they had to probably use more energy than what they normally would have had to if they had a full lead out train. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Geez. Uh, when you talk about total energies, I was, all I can think of is fucking Peter Sagan. And I, I don't know. If, like, there's been, a, there's been a few riders over the journey that they get to the back of their career. They take a big contract and they just, they're just not the shadow of, 
the rider they used to be. He he's got to be in the top percentile in terms of contract and just ticking the legs over to finish it out. Where, I, don't know, last I, don't know. Where's... I don't know if he's just ticking the legs over. I think I think he's just the sport's just moved on and it's yeah. evolved and he didn't he he's not alone in being in the in the older generation of riders in the peloton now that couldn't move with the what the cycling change. It just got fucking faster and different and and it's also and, it's also not his fault he's on a good contract. Like he's also no. deep down he's deserved let's let's like call it man, he's three times world champion, he's seven times green jersey winner, yeah. uh won all the major classics. Like he is a hitter, Peter man. He's like one oh, man, yeah. if you look at how many second places he's got over his career as well and all that, like he was ten years at the top of the sport, like winning everywhere. Every race yeah. he went to had a leader's jersey. <laughs> Yeah. You hardly saw the world champion jersey the on him. Poor old Total Energies who footing the bill for the last three years have got shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Do, do you know what, results. Like got do you know what's funny? It's like how how like the world. This is just how the world works and human the humans work. Is yeah. that we we all we all move on quickly and like that's what keeps us. That's it's what we need to do as human beings. Yeah. You need to move on, otherwise you'd all be in the fucking pit of despair your whole life. But like the. Everyone goes, oh, those, the Walt Van Arts, like uh, Vanderpool's, like we've never seen people like this. Fucking Sagan, man, like he was a oh, trailblazer yeah. of that shit. He won yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, because, like I mean, they've come like ten years later. They've yeah. come at the end of Sagan's best. Yeah, yeah. Of exactly. course, they've beaten Sagan. They go, oh, geez, he's so much better. But it's like, it's yeah. like every like all the Grand Tour winners that are coming now, and then they start comparing it to Froomey and all that. It's like, mm. man, we're in a different time. Well, remember yeah, 20, your first tour in 2012 was when Sagan hit the ground running. Remember how good he was that year? He was nearly running away with the stages on his park. He was so good. Yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah. like the Forest Gump. Yeah, yeah, it's right. like untouchable. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's you know, it's, it's it's easy to criticize because you think it's easy and whatever, but like, yeah, you know, also like I think you get to a point and I'm like in the same thing where you get, you just, you kind of feel like you, you've reached the, your best and you, you're still training hard, you're working hard, but you're still not, you're actually going to the, like I go to the races now going, shit, like I've worked hard, I should be there, like, and I go then I actually left disappointed because I'm like, bloody hell, like in the home, I'm doing the right stuff, I'm eating right, I'm doing, I'm training right, but I'm off the boil. I'm just like, just off the boil. And that's, it's not because you're like a shit right or you, and it looks from the outsider to go, oh, she's just hung up the towel now and I, Jesus, is not what he used to be, eh? Just following yeah. those moves at the end, leading out. But, the, the truth is actually I just don't have what it's what's required at the moment and that's that's what it is mm. you know and I think maybe Sagan's in the same bracket where he's kind of just like and a lot of older guys that are thinking of retiring or whatever is maybe in your last year things do change because you are like this is the home straight this is the thing what else this is what I've got but and no one no one's evergreen in sport it's just the way it is like, yeah, eventually what's you get surprising older and you get slower. Like, total energies go well. They know Sagan the level he's at, and he still gets a ride at the Tour de France. Do they just not have the cattle to replace him? And they, they look. Well, look, man, he's it, look. You're looking at the biggest sporting thing in the in the year, like, um, and he's, uh, he's marketing uh, value. He's marketing. He's popular. He's mm. you know, there's another. Hey, he's so powerful with specialized brand, like he. He's he's going to race mountain bikes next year, and Specialize are just are going with him and not staying with Total Energies. Yeah, right. They just support Sagan. He's just I just love I just love the tone of his accent throughout his whole career. Just the tone of his voice has just epitomized. Sounds like he does not give a fuck, no matter what he's talking about, because it's like that drawn out. Ah, yeah, whatever. It sounds like it's really funny. Like, like sometimes people <laughs> ask like stupid questions, like, "Hey, Peter, today's the stage that suits you." And you're like, "What?" what, what uh, you yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, it suits me. Cool. Like, like yeah. I also think like some people ask such stupid questions, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, "Today's oh, the final. It. Yeah, it's like three k climb, and then it's a streaky downhill to the finish. So oh, it's stage for you." Yeah. Wasn't there a rider that took the piss out of you at the tour this year on stage from Lotto? I think it was Did one of those Belgi, uh, what's his name, De Frisson or one of those. Oh, yeah, he's good, eh? Oh, that was hilarious. Funny. Yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. 
Took some balls. I won't take piss out of anyone because there's probably someone taking the piss out of me too. So it's just like oh, for a, sure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, but at least, at least you take the piss out of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. All right. Probably long enough. Yeah. Good show, yeah. boys. It's good. What a, it's, I was it, I was pleased to find out the the just to get that news that you're going to do the TV gig though. Amps. Well. I'm happy for you, mate. Happy for you'll, you. you'll enjoy it. We'll be able to share stories and when I get back from the States. Exactly. Well, I will act, I'll act like I've been there, done it. When you come back, I'll be like, oh, bro, I know what it's like. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, GC At least I don't have to wear a suit, eh? That's a good thing. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the, the, the levels, like, the way these, these two, you know, GCN and NBC operate are quite different. That's for sure. Yeah. Even, yeah, though, yeah. even though, not... Not just the fact that the clothes, but just the style and the more direct. Like it, um, it's a bit more direct, I'd say, over here. Like a bit more to like have an opinion and take a stand, which I like because that's kind of how yeah. I am. Um, but you, I just want to see it. Just take on Robbie McEwen. Just take him on. Okay. And I think I think that's going to be the big cash cow when you have producers going, "Wow, Impy took on McEwen and won." Just prepare <laughs> your notes. I've got to, uh, I've got to um, slow down. I think when I talk, I've got to talk more slow because it's, yeah. hard. it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. What, I've, what's, I've been trying to say the same. And what's great with McEwen is he never says um or ah, um or ah. He pauses yeah. and he makes his his stance and he doesn't backtrack. It's just smooth. That's that's a skill. That's yeah, a real he, big skill. He's good. He's good. He's good. Mm. I think it'd be nice yeah. to go. Nice to go with Robbie because, like, previous teammates, I've known Robbie for quite a while, and like, mm. you know, yeah, I think they're a fun crew. So I look forward to it, man. Yeah, go the throat, bro. They'll be good for you, that crew. They'll be helpful as well. You know, they'll they're not going to throw you under the bus or anything. I'll no. show you how it all is. So what's the last bit of advice you got, Bills? Now that you're already in there, you're three, two weeks into the gig. Um, my number one advice, I reckon, is. There's a couple of things that are quite hard to get used to, like the producer talking to you in your ear. Not that they do often, but they'll talk while you're you're having a conversation. You've got to, it's quite hard. You've got to listen, but keep talking because you can't stop and listen mm. to them because then you're live on air and everyone's like, "Why does he just stop talking?" Um, but I think the number one piece of advice I would say is just listen to what the people. If you're having a conversation with someone, listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Like, don't don't like have in your head, like. The biggest mistake I reckon is if, like, and I've done it quite a bit, and I still do it as well. Because fuck, I'm listen to me. I've done fucking fourteen days of TV in my life. <laughs> some expert. <laughs> yeah, but like you, you like you're talking about a subject, and you, I say something, and then like Brent starts talking, and then in my head, I'm already like coming up with what I'm going to say next, and then you mm. respond, and it's like completely irrelevant to what Brent just said. <laughs> so yeah. like the key is to like yeah. actually just listen to what he's saying, and then respond to what he's saying. Yeah, and, like. Like a normal conversation. Just have a normal conversation. Yeah. Okay. I got you guys. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm man, you're, a lot fucking, more confident now. you're a fucking YouTube star, mate. It'll transcend. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, look, actually, look out today. I've got a new one coming up, man. Uh, yeah? uh, Robbie Hunter. It's talking. It's, it's actually more like a podcast, but it's not like a podcast, but it's like on the video thing, you know, because I don't do podcasts, you know. I just do video. No, and but it's that'll be next, mate. Blogger. And it's you, just a, it's a real South African breaking through Robbie Hunter, his story. Good. Like, oh, yeah, cool. so have a listen after this. Yeah. Go on, find it on YouTube. It should be on later. Yep. And have a listen to that one. It's a good one. That's it. He yeah, gets nice. emotional too. He nearly, he he? nearly cries. He nearly cries with me, mate. Oh, that's really? great. Yeah. So I nearly broke him down to tears. People love tears. He's a tough Yeah. Shit, yeah. Good on you, Daryl. Yeah, good, mate. Good, all right. Good to see Thanks it's all going on. well. Yeah, good on you, mate. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Daryl. I look forward to uh, catching up when I'm back in G-Town at some point. I've had... Yeah. Um, I've got I've the, like... the in-laws here, so um, we can oh, definitely... Yeah. Go out for dinner. Go out for a dinner, nice dinner without like, having Should to worry. Yeah. We're good to get a few days at home. I haven't had many. I've had, I think I've had about eight days at home since the 1st of May, so... Be nice. I'm going to straight to check tour from here, and then I'll be home for a few weeks. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Perfect. We'll have George Bennett back on the next step, potentially. Oh, and isn't George going to get Pog on? If yeah, Pog George wins the tour, on. we'll get George in the Pog. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
want to yeah. see George Hogs come through. Hogsley would definitely come on. I want yeah, to see George Hogs come through the goods. I've, I've heard this many times. Yeah, no, nah, he's definitely on the next step. So next episode, potentially in two weeks, will be George and the Pog after okay, he good. wins the tour. So stay tuned. Massive. Like, share, subscribe. That's Any last that. words of wisdom, Phils? Don't listen to anything I said. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the tour. It's going to be a good week. It is. Yeah. All right. See All you right. later. Thanks, yeah. guys.